Welcome to Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about blogging and content marketing. My guest, Ryan Robinson, is a blogger, entrepreneur, coach, keynote speaker, author, and content marketing strategist. His website receives over 40,000 views per month, and he runs a consulting business and podcast too. Listen as he talks about how he designed and grew his blog to massive proportions. Really excited about having you on the podcast. Uh, podcast is simple in nature. I mean, it originally was, we talked about content that converts was originally what it was called. And then it's, uh, we've switched it to Shane Barker's Marketing Madness podcast because it kind of opens up kind of who we can interview and who we can talk with. And really at the end of the day, um, even though I've sent you some questions, w- w- you know, we can make a quick left or right hand turn or go backwards or, uh, you know, only, only God knows at this point. So we just really put on our seatbelts and throw on a helmet and, and just pray for the best um, and let we make it through this thing. I know. I know it's, well, we'll see, you'll see what you'll see, you'll see at the end, buddy. Um, but anyway, so I'm excited about it. Um, so today we're going to, there's a number of things we're going to go over with you today. I mean, obviously, you know, you've done some, some over the top stuff. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about how to build a five, excuse me, $50,000 side blog. So just so the audience understands like you, and you might've just recently stopped this, but you had a full-time gig while you were building this blog, correct? That's right. Yeah, I just, uh, just recently hopped over to working full-time on my blog um, in July 2019. So Wow, just about a month. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, I mean, I mean, how long were you making? We're going to jump into the, you know, how you built this and how you're doing 50000 a month. What, at what point did you, I mean, because how long have you been, how long have you been building it? And I would say like the $50,000 market, how long have you been making that kind of revenue? Making that kind of revenue just this year, basically. Gotcha. So January 2019, it's been about eight months or so of, of really doing well. So this is what's, and this is what's so funny to me, because I can guarantee that probably 98% of the people that are listening to this podcast that are extremely intelligent, by the way, because that's the reason why they're listening to the podcast, because why would they not be intelligent and listening to it? Um, like you did, you, I mean, why did you wait eight months? And I feel like I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse, but why did you wait eight months to jump ship? I mean, you were probably obviously making money up before that. Did you feel like 50,000 was like, I need to make 50,000 for eight months? I mean, you know, and the reason why I'm saying this is like, you know, people start businesses and they say you have to have at least six months of capital, right? So you have to look at this and go, okay, what do I need to do? I need to have six months of like, if nothing happened, it was terrible. It wasn't able to get, keep this thing going. Then I could jump ship after, you know, month six and figure it out. Is that, was that kind of your reasoning? It's close. It's not far off. I mean, for me personally, so I did start my blog back in 2014. So this has been like a five-year journey for me. Um, And basically all of last year, I had between $10,000 and $20,000 a month in revenue for my blog. And so I hit this really massive growth streak basically starting in January um, when things really took off. And then um, I started planting the seeds for once I saw basically my rule is is this repeatable? Is this dependable? Has this been lasting a decent amount of time? And so after it was like three months of around 50K in revenue per month, um, that was when I decided like, okay, now it's time to put some things in motion. And then it took me basically, you know, four months, five months just to, to fully part ways with uh, Close, the CRM. It was uh, the company that I was working for full time previously. So I wanted to make like a nice kind of mutually beneficial departure happen. Gotcha. So you were like, you know, some people put in a two week notice and you're like four months because you care. You're like, I'm listen, I'm, I'm going to th- keep it slow. I'm not going to leave yet, but I just let you guys know that there might be a potential time here in the next few months that I might leave. Well, and you've obviously been real open about, you know, your blog and what you've been doing there. So it wasn't like it was a, a secret by any means, right? I mean, this was obviously yeah. something that you were ongoing and they knew that and, and really it's beneficial for clothes and for other companies that work with you because then you're out there, you've got your presence out there and you know, you can talk about yeah. the things they're doing and the, the wins and the losses and all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. <clears throat> No, so, it was one of those things where, you know, also Steli, the CEO of Close, is a super good salesperson. So he convinced me to stick around for an extra couple of months beyond what I probably would have if I was working for someone else too. So, gotcha. So that's it. So that's, that's, uh, we got to watch out for those good salespeople. Boy, they'll <laughs> come and put in your two week notice, and then next you know you're there for four more months. You're like, what just happened? Uh, that is what, what happened. What, but it is great. No complaints. Happened. That's awesome. That is awesome. So tell us a little bit. So I'm going to go, we're going to kind of reverse engineer this now that we've got everybody all excited. I'm going to, we're going to go into the, the, to the stuff just about you. I want to kind of lay a little foundation here about like, so where did you grow up? Where are you at currently? Actually, where you live now? San Francisco. One of these rare sunny days here. It's finally summer. It's happening. 
S. Evans in sunny in San Francisco. So my, I think we talked about this last time. My brother lives in San Francisco as well. I'm going to have to come out and visit you. I don't know why I thought you were – I thought you were like in Denver. Why did I think you were in Denver? Were you at a certain point? I was actually. Yeah, we spent the year of uh, well, some of 2017, some of 2018 in Denver, yeah. Oh, uh, that's why. Okay, see, that's the old brain still working there. But I was, I was a little <laughs> worried that I was like, God, the, I always say the medicine isn't working because I'm like, I thought he was in Denver for a little bit. But I, I mean, who, what do I know? Um, We're back. There we go. Back to San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to have to make an effort to come out, to come out and visit you. Um, and I would say I'd buy you like lunch or dinner or something, but you're making 50000 a month. So it looks like you're buying dinner. <laughs> and it sucks when, yeah, it sucks when people know how much you make. You're like, no, I think he's actually going to treat me this time. But or I'll, I'll buy you a beer. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out somewhere in the middle. So did you grow up in San Francisco or no? No, I'm actually from tiny little cow town, Hanford, California. It's along, along the five. If you get off on the Harris Ranch exit, drive towards nowhere for about 45 minutes and you'll find okay. it. I actually do know of that. I remember seeing that along five. When you're going down, we yeah. go down to Southern California. Like if we're not flying, then I like to drive down there and get work done while my wife drives. And, you know, this is a long story. But um, so Hanford, huh? so how big was the city? Small. Uh, about 50,000 people. Um, it's growing quite a bit now. They just got an In-N-Out burger recently. So that's the big the thing. In front Hanford. door. Jeez. There are still more cows than there are people. Well, that's, I mean, that's got to be, I mean, it makes sense if there's an In-N-Out burger with all the cows there. I mean, you would think it's like fresh. Like literally this is like from Louisa, the cow from like two days ago. Like she's like oh, right yeah. here. We, yeah, that's awesome. Be a friend. You said, that's right. We had a, we had a name for her. that means she's definitely a friend. Um, how big was your family growing up? Uh, small, immediate family. I'm an only child actually. Really? It's so only mm-hmm. one, huh? Yeah. Got a lot of close cousins though that are my age ish, um, that I kind of grew up just a few houses down. So it was kind ah. of like pseudo siblings, I guess you could say. Right. But we, we would always do like taco Tuesdays and I have a huge kind of spread out family. So you know, Thanksgivings are like 75 people. It's a big crew. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's kind of what I was touching. I always like to kind of understand people's dynamics yeah. with families because it's always interesting how people kind of grew up. So tell yeah. us, um, tell us an interesting fact other than you, you know, you, where you grew up as, you know, as kind of a cow town where like, give us an interesting fact. Is there anything fun that you're like, you know, nobody knows that Ryan used to be you know, used to ride cows bareback for a living for side money on the weekends or like what, you know, give us something fun. Like you got anything that's like, like I'm not supposed to tell anybody grandma went to the grave with this, but I want to go ahead and tell you and your listeners. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Um, nothing super crazy. Although something that not too many people know about me, I guess, um, is that I've been to all 50 U S states. So that was that was one thing that my dad really instilled in me was like travel and getting to know people in like different cultures. And he, he took me out to, as an only child, right? This is much more feasible than if you have a ton of siblings that got to go on every trip. Yeah. So for me, that was one benefit of like, we went to tons of different countries and visited every U.S. state on various different road trips. So we, we spent a lot of time in the car growing up. So that's funny. So we have a lot of parallels. So my, so I, most people don't know, I went to school in Costa Rica. Like I went for a, a full, and this was many moons ago. Like I'm, you know, I'm like a hundred at this point, but many moons ago I went and did this. And so my dad did the same thing. Like my dad originally when he was, cause he was an old school California hippie, him and his buddy went in their Volkswagen van. This is a true story. And they had things in the Volkswagen van that I can't, well, I guess I can say now they had <laughs> weed right a lot of weed so and my dad goes in his van and li- went to like all the states and they did it for like six months um and had a phenomenal wow. time and i like how yeah live funding their trip with sales all along <laughs> yeah, i guess so a little, a little for medicinal use i'm sure of course mm-hmm. um and my dad's gonna hear this and he's gonna be like <laughs> look at shane talking about my marijuana use this is awesome but we can do that now so it's all legal so um the, the crazy part is, is like it's, that's been instilled in me. And so the fact that you've been to all 50 states, I'm a little jealous of that. I've just recently, no, it's a lie. In the last year, I've been looking at like vans. Like I've really wanted to do the van life. And I've been, I've been every day, I'll, pretty much every day, I go on Craigslist and I'll look at these vans and I'm like, oh, I should get this one. And I've got it like all plotted out. And I'm, I'm pretty close to pulling the trigger because I'm, you know, I make, you know, kind of like you, I've got a, what the blog's going good and got some good stuff going. I'm trying to get a little bit out of client work. Um, so all my clients that did hear this, I was just kidding. I'm gonna, we're going to be together forever, but all the other clients that are going to reach out to me, we might not work together. But anyways, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out this model of, of what I want to do there, but I'm a little envious that you did 50 states, man. So was that like a, just a, yeah. you guys just, I mean, I guess every summer or whatever you guys, what did your parents do like for you to be able to have that kind of flexibility? 
Yeah, it was a few summers. Um, but both of my parents, both my mom and my dad, um, were uh, entrepreneurs. So my dad had a construction wow. company, um, had been doing that for like 30 years, basically. Um, and then, you know, my mom was a tutoring company. She had her own tutoring company in Hampered. So they both were small business owners. Um, they both had the flexibility of like having pretty good teams of people to help out and like step in and give them the flexibility to take off for a couple weeks, two, two, three weeks here and there. Um, but yeah, that was, that was it. It was a hell of a gift being able to travel like that too. It's, it's yeah. something that I want to give to my children one day too. It's, it was very instrumental sure. to my growth. And there were tons of different reasons we took specific trips too. like in eighth grade, um, we were studying civil war history. And so we went and watched the Gettysburg, um, the reenactment and did a bunch of like uh, through, through battlefields in the South. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. That's killer. So do you think, I mean, do you think your upbringing with your parents having their own businesses and seeing the ups and downs of that, obviously, right? Cause there's, there's, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, do you think that's kind of where your, your hustle mindset comes from? Like where it's like, you kind of saw that it's like, you got to like grind it and it's going to be hard. And it's gonna be difficult and you're going to be ups and downs. But, um, I mean, is that, do you really think your foundation was probably obviously from your parents? Definitely where it started uh, because I was also helping out from a pretty young age, like uh, with the tutoring company, like I was on, you know, rollerblades delivering flyers when I was like 12. Um, mm. And then my summer job was always, always, always pouring concrete with my dad's construction crew. And so for me, I got to learn kind of the, <laughs> the, the value of hard work and also that I wanted to go to college so that I wouldn't be doing concrete work after graduation. <laughs> Yeah, those life lessons. I, you know, it's funny. So my dad did that to me too. And what we did was he, he's like, Hey, we want you to, we're going to put in some sprinklers. This is in our original house a long time ago. And we're going to, we got to, you know, dig it out. And it's like, it was like hard pan. I, mean, I don't know if it was hard pan, like you probably dealt with out there where it's very, very dry. It was dry here in, in Sacramento. And I went out there and I, my hands were blistered and bloody and everything. And my dad was like, so do you, you want to like do sprinklers your whole life? Like you're your uncle or do you, would you like to maybe jump into college? And I was like, God, how quickly can I sign up for college? Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I still have some calluses from yeah. my concrete days. <laughs> well, concrete, that's one thing. If I'm doing this and you're doing concrete, concrete is another level. Like that's not even like, I actually have a, I have a real estate company, which is a whole nother story that we, we flip properties. And so I, you know, the, the concrete stuff and all that, I, I, you yeah. know, bow my head, my, my hat to anybody that's in the concrete or anybody that's in that industry especially when you get into the hot areas and everything like that. It's just like, man, that's a, that's a different type Outdoor of person. Those are beef. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a hard deal. So where did you, where did you end up going to college? Uh, Chapman university down in uh, orange, California. Gotcha. I have a, a good friend of mine, some good friends of ours that um, their daughter's going to Chapman. She's um, maybe in her junior year. Um, oh, nice. so, yeah. It's a good school. It's gotten, I would say progressively better every year too. So I, I kind of have the benefit of a degree being worth more, I guess, as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know that, that I know they're super excited because it's super cheap to go there. Oh, wait, that was a joke. That was, <laughs> that opinions, was think, a joke. Yeah, I was like, why was nobody laughed at that? I mean, well, yeah, I just know yeah. that they, they've kind of told me like, listen, we've got two more years and then we can do anything in life. Like <laughs> at that point, we're just like, you know, and they're, they're taking care of everything for, which I thought was really nice of them. But yeah, they're yeah. literally, they're, what they're going to do is what's the, might be the day that they're done paying they're they're selling their house and they're actually going on a two-year trip to like all over the world that's their plan um and we're gonna my wife and i are actually gonna go visit them in different in different countries so i'm we're kind of prepping for that yeah 2020 is their their deal um i'm assuming that's when i'll come back for my you know my van life excursion whatever i got going on there so we'll see how that all, how that all pans out um with Chapman, having a 50% scholarship helped a lot. Ooh, look at you. Now yeah. you're just bragging. That's awesome. What did you get the scholarship <laughs> in? Uh, it was academics-based. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. I think they might do sports-based stuff now, but at the time, it was pretty much just academics. Gotcha. So look at you coming in with academics, huh? <laughs> I tried. After, after my first year of high school, I started trying, I should say. I think my, my first semester of school, um, I came home. So they used to mail out the report cards back then, right? It wasn't mm. online. Um, yeah. I came home after report cards were mailed out and I didn't have a door on my bedroom. My TV was ripped out. Um, this is when I was 15, I want to say, but yeah, I pulled a nice 1.87, uh, GPU. Yeah. And you, so you know, one, time. and you know what 187 is, that's actually, I think that's oh, code for cops for murder. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you really think about that, that was maybe the origination of it. And so your dad looked at that and thought, I got an idea. Let me just take that door off. And I'll go ahead and take out the TV. Um, there we go. Yeah, that was pretty serious. 
Yeah, you don't want concrete hands on you. I mean, I don't know if that ever happened. I'll just tell you right now, that is not that is not somebody it's to mess one with. Giant I mean, callus there. Oh, I can imagine. God, it's probably like he's probably like what? What is it? The the what are the um the four the Fantastic Four? Like the big the big oh, yes. guy with the big old. I can only imagine. Shout out to your dad. Um, so cool. And then, how did you jump into marketing? Right. I mean, I, we've got this. So, what was your degree? What was your degree in? I say business um, with a focus on entrepreneurship and marketing, actually. Um, there we go. But my big moment was literally sitting in my first internet marketing class. It's funny that they called it internet marketing, right? Um, yeah. But sitting in that class was like literally like kind of the light bulb moment for me. Uh-huh that moment. This was something that I was going to be interested in. And I can trace so many early things back to that class because we had amazing guest speakers that were killing it in digital marketing and their own business. Uh-huh. And we registered our domain names even in that class. So that was when I first grabbed my blog domain. It's, it's, it was, really? What year was this? This was in 2011, 2010. Yeah. 2011. Okay, gotcha. So this was, I mean, this was still a little early. Yeah, it was still in it. I mean, it was kind of like marketing 1.0, digital marketing 1.0. That's awesome, man. I tell you, I wish I would have had that. I, I mean, I graduated from college in 2003, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a, I'm a little older than you. And that's because that's how it happens sometimes. Um, and I we didn't have a lot of digital class. I mean, really there was one entrepreneurship class that I took and it was a good class because I'd already had experience of being an entrepreneur before I went to college. Like, so I was kind of did things. I didn't graduate for 10 years and I was, that was because I was traveling and I was kicking and screaming about becoming an adult and I had my businesses and you know, things were going interesting there and some great ones and some terrible ones. And as you go, but um, I did want to talk to you a little bit is because you talk about like having your business and, you know, starting your blog, at least registering your domain name. You, what about your company? Was it Case Escape? Wasn't that one? Was that one of your first companies that you had? Like, give me, give me a little intel on that one. Yeah, Case Escape was my second business. I had one during college that was a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, the quick recap on that one is it was uh, around this product I made called the iStash. Um, it was an iPhone lookalike hide your anything device um, designed to carry, you know, let's say joint shaped objects and lighters mm-hmm. into music festivals, concerts, things like that. Um, but yeah, that one was, that was a good lesson in product development, product pricing, margins, um, ended up losing, I think around 7,000 bucks on that business when it was all said and done. Um, but yeah, Case Escape was the, the first real actual kind of successful business that came yeah. starting right after college. And I, I launched it with a friend. We were making phone cases that we were selling on Etsy and, you know, in 2012 when Etsy was still like relatively new as far as yeah. online marketplaces and yeah, just getting in early on some like really cool trends. This was also when like the the second or third generation iPhone was still pretty popular. So cases weren't as like ubiquitous. You couldn't have a ton of different varieties in an mm. actual Apple store. And so, yeah, that was kind of where where that business came. We eventually grew into selling kind of like a print your own cases, um, business in a box type of solution where we would sell our actual printers and, you know, the blank cases and the inks and you could take any image you want, you know, a photo of you with your dog, whatever, um, your kids mm-hmm. print it directly onto a phone case in about five minutes. Um, so it was a pretty cool, pretty cool product line. And my, my friend, my business partner from that is actually still doing it today. So it's, it's gone on, it's lived. Nice. Are you still a part of it or is it something you sold out on or? I sold my half of the business to him back in, I think, 2015, right around when I moved to San Francisco. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. And where is and where's your business partner, Adam? He's in Philadelphia. So uh-huh. he has, um, you know, it was kind of a, a good lesson with this business where um, we kind of quickly learned within, I'd say, six months of starting it that um, it was going to be a great income for one person or a kind of shitty income for two people. Ah, uh, so yes. It was like... I'm going to step out. I've got a couple other projects I want to like pursue and keep working on. Um, but he was able to grow it in, in some pretty cool ways, I think, largely because he had the flexibility of a good income coming in to kind of yeah. like fuel the business in different directions. He had an agency that I was a part of that I, that I started with two other uh, friends of mine. Um, and that was kind of the same deal after about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the one that started the agency. I, I said, you know what, you guys, I'm going to I'm going to opt out of this. I don't think there's enough revenue for the three of us. And they're like, what? Like, what do you mean you started it? I go, yeah, yeah, but I, I, once again, I've got other projects, got some other stuff going on and I want you guys to, to take this thing. I, don't, I'm, I actually didn't even sell it. I mean, I literally just gave it to them and said, hey, I just want to go in a different direction because I just, we're, we're fighting for dollars here, you know, and I just think that yeah. there would be, there is room for two. There's not room for three. 
Um, and I think probably everybody was thinking that. And I was like, just the one that jumped ship and, and gave it to him. Yeah. And I think it's still going today. So, you know, shout out to those guys for, for keeping it going. You guys can buy me a dinner sometime soon or something like, that. <laughs> like since I jumped out. Now I think I want my money now that I think about it. But um, so tell us about your blog. Like you started your blog. Obviously you got the domain, what, 2011 you're saying. And then like, how did you, what, what did it start off as? Was it just a, like a personal blog talking about this out of the other? Was it marketing based? What did you, what did you start off as? From 2011 to let's say 2013, it was nothing. It was just completely blank. And then 2013, I started it basically as a Tumblr blog. So it was, mm. it was like your classic, you know, like fashion, lifestyle, like, you know, architecture, cars, like tech gadgets thing I like, um, where it was literally as simple as just reposting other images on, on Tumblr, adding my yeah. own that, that I took occasionally from trips and stuff, right? But I built up like, you know, a very small following, maybe a couple thousand people were, were following my blog. Um, but it wasn't something that I was super interested in as, as the months and years went on. So I'd say about a year and a half after the Tumblr blog was when I kind of transitioned it in 2014 over to um, what it is today, essentially, the, at least the simplified version of what my blog is today. And, and it all really started um, with my, my first big post. And it was kind of a postmortem breaking down the story of the ice dash, explaining, you know, what happened, where I went wrong. I basically like answered a ton of questions from friends who were asking me about how I had built the business, why I didn't keep doing it, um, you know, what went wrong. And so doing that deep analysis was kind of my first long form article. Nice. And so it was, and which I think is awesome. I mean, that's the thing, you know, you look at businesses and you, it's funny. So I always had this conversation with people and they talk about, Oh, my business failed. And I always look at it like, but it built you to what you are today. Right. I mean, I think it's so foundational and things that happen. And I think that's why for me, travels is as important, right. As in growing businesses is that that together makes you who you are today. Right. So I think, and, and I think it's also important. I think, you having your blog and sharing that is important because then people can understand like what you've been through as an entrepreneur. Cause it's, you never know what you read or, you know, some people are always nervous about being an entrepreneur, right? Like what do I do? What are the first steps? And what happens if I fail? What happens to this? And, and when you, when you read more blogs and you read more articles and stuff where people can go, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, you can kind of hopefully get some one step closer to, you know, either potentially starting it or saying, Hey, maybe I want to, you know, work for the state full time. Like, or maybe, maybe that yeah. scares me too much, right? It's too much of a risk. Because there is a big risk, right? I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, not every business that, that, that we've had has been successful. I mean, but that's the businesses that weren't successful, the businesses that I got slapped the hardest, they also, I couldn't have learned that at Harvard, right? You couldn't have taught me that experience any other place, the best colleges in the world, because it was something that I actually went through and I had to grind it out and figure it out and, you know, whatever that may be. So it's yeah. So when did, and so when did your blog, so when did you, so you, you went from kind of like a personal, like, hey, this is, you know, kind of a lifestyle blog, I guess. Um, when did you decide to transition it into like business and marketing and, you know, how to do blogging and like, when did the transition happen for you? I kind of had a light bulb go off just after that first post um, went pretty viral, actually. I mean, surprisingly viral. Um, some of the reasons why I still don't know today, but I, I did post it to Hacker News. So you know, since I graduated from college in 2012, I have had marketing jobs consistently since then. And so I, you know, with Case Escape for the, the first six months to a year that I was doing that full time, um, I was also kind of putting into practice what I was learning in my day job and things I had learned in school. So I had sort of learned like, all right, if we can rank for, you know, how to start a phone case business, um, with Case Escape, then we'd get a ton of people coming looking to learn how to start their own phone case business, right? So I, I kind of learned like a lot of these like SEO best practices from following people like Brian Dean, Neil Patel, like some of these guys have been doing it for a very, very long time. Um, you've been doing it for a very long time too. And so finding these people that are kind of um, exposing what you should be doing best practices as far as marketing and SEO was, was super important to me. Um, and I was just putting that stuff into practice on my own blog. And, and all along, as I'm starting to kind of like share my own adventures in different side businesses and what I've learned building a freelance business, like all these little sort of niche experiments I've done over the years, um, I've been able to also kind of explain the marketing processes behind what's actually getting my content to rank well and organic or, you know, get something to go viral on Pinterest, like whatever that kind of insert tactic or strategy here maybe yeah. 
just sharing as I'm implementing and, and, you know, also sharing kind of the bad stuff, right? Like, I think that's, that's something that makes my content pretty relatable is not just sharing the highlight reel, but also saying like, Hey, here's an experiment that didn't work. Avoid it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, the, the fact that you, you put my name with, uh, with Neil and, and Brian, now I'm going to buy you dinner just so you know, originally it was <laughs> you and we've just flipped it. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but that was a nice little move. Um, and I, okay, I'll buy you dinner. Um, and I appreciate that. So there we go. Um, and so what would be, and then when did you start making some money? So you, you obviously start talking about your wins or losses, other things you're doing, talking about, you know, these different strategies. Um, at, at what point did it, you, you start to see some money come in? And then at what point did you say, Hey, listen, I, I really have something here. And this is like, through the different strategies you've used. And I want to talk about that a little bit as further on in the blog or further on in the, in the podcast. Um, but why don't you kind of tell us a little bit at what point you kind of had that moment of like, wow, I've got something here. Yeah. My, uh, my early monetization was through freelancing, um, consulting, freelance writing, kind of a combination of like being a, a content marketing for hire on a contract basis. Uh, so that was always like for the first year and a half, two years, that was always my main source of income. Um, and I had the benefit of once I moved up to San Francisco 2014, um, working at Creative Live, which was kind of the biggest online course uh, platform for a very long time before like Masterclass took off recently. Um, but they were up there kind of with like Skillshare, Udemy, um, and they're still so, around today. So hold on, I got a question for you. Did we already talk about this last time on your podcast? We might have actually mentioned it, yeah. So the reason yeah. I'm asking, do you know Justin Barker? Oh yeah. He lives, I'm not even kidding. He lives like behind me. <laughs> That's my brother. What? Oh my Justin God. Parker is How my brother. How did I not put that together? I have, well, cause we don't look anything alike. Right. So he dates each other, baby. Noah. So this is, this is what's funny. When you said, you said creative live and I'm like, did we talk about that on his pod? Cause my brother, obviously my brother was at creative live. We didn't make that connection. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, he has a baby. I just saw him walking his baby. Like his baby in his, oh my God. So you wow. tell, so this is hilarious. So, so I mean, funny. I just saw my brother this week. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed this week. And that's why I just saw him and, and Bridget oh. and everybody. God, that is such a small world. That's why I'm saying my brother lives in San Francisco. I can visit you and you're like literally his neighbor. <laughs> well, the next time you come here, uh, it'll be pretty easy to see me. <laughs> that is too cool funny. To I don't know oh, how I didn't God. connect that. That's hilarious. I, well, you know, I mean, I think, I mean, just Barker, but I look, we look nothing alike, right? I mean, it's like, doesn't even, it's yeah. like, night and day um shout out to justin barker shout wow. out to my brother man that is god this is well you know what's crazy so i i had and i'm gonna go into this quick little story then we're gonna jump back on to really what we're gonna be talking about today so you know Rand fishkin yeah so Rand, i just we just interviewed i just interviewed Rand actually earlier today so i have a funny story about Rand. was this was probably this was dreamforce i don't know how many years ago seven years ago ten years ago, i'm terrible with time I was with my wife and Rand and all of his whole group came in and from Dreamforce and I saw him and I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to go buy their dinner and I'm, we're just going to leave. We're not even going to tell them. She goes, what? She goes, why would you do that? I said, I have no idea why I'm going to do that, but I'm just going to. So I went in, I bought their dinner and we left. We like scooted out. I was like, tell the waitress, don't, don't tell them who's, who bought it. Like they didn't know me because I wasn't, <laughs> was I, I don't even think I was blogging at that time. Like I was a nobody in the sense that I just wasn't doing anything other than, you know, some marketing stuff. Yeah. And I was impressed with him. He's Moz and all the other fun stuff. So we bought the dinner and we left. Well, I tell my wife, hey, I'm going to interview Rand. I'm going to bring up the dinner thing. And she's like, I don't remember the dinner thing. And I'm like, what? And then so I started thinking in my head, I'm like, did I like have a dream or something? So I'm, are you sure? So I talked to Rand. I was like, hey, did like in San Francisco, do you remember somebody buying your dinner? She goes, he goes, yeah, we were like at a place called Mel's Diner. He goes, dude, you <laughs> bought our dinner. So this is crazy. And he goes, then we bought the next person's dinner. Like we went to somebody else and didn't tell them who it was. And we bought their dinner. Oh, that's awesome. And paid it forward. Yeah. So you I just thought that was- chain. Yeah, it's like the, these weird, I've had two podcasts where it's like these connections where it's like just super cool That's stuff, crazy. right? I mean, it's like the whole premise of this and you know my brother and he's your neighbor, so you gotta be kidding me right now. I know I exactly where you guys are at. We live on actually the same block. He's just on the other side of the block. So you, right, he's right by the church. And so where yeah. you have next to the church? I'm, I can look at the church out my window. <laughs> that is, you gotta be kidding me. What are the odds? This is... This is ridiculous. Okay, so we got, now I definitely owe you dinner. We're now I owe you beers and whatever else comes along with this whole thing. Um, so yeah, so now you at least know that uh, Justin's uh, dad was a potter. Wow. Anyways, which is still my dad. So hey, who knew? Makes sense. Makes of, sense now. All kinds of new, all kinds of new facts. Look at that. Um, well, cool. So let's let's talk about this. I want to get back to your fifty thousand dollars a month because obviously that's a nice juicy number. What? 
do me a favor, break it down to, and I know you have this on your website. I was trying to look for it. You actually break down where you're making your money, right? So where is like, because you obviously have, you have it, of course, you have your consulting business, you have, um, I think you do some affiliate stuff. Mm -hmm. um, talk to us, give us a little breakdown of like, where's, where's the cash coming in? Yeah. So, so up until this year, I was really like, you know, 90% freelance income, 10% affiliates and courses and stuff on the average month, let's say for 2017 and 2018. Um, and 2018 was the year that I was determined <laughs> to change those ratios around. I'm like, all right, I want to step aside from doing the trading my time for dollars for stuff, yeah. right? Like, you know, you alluded to your shift that you're, you're starting to make yourself, right? It's, it, it grows tiring after doing it for long enough. Um, and I wasn't systematizing properly. I didn't want to run like a full on agency. So yeah. I was breaking my own back and I'm like, all right, I got to do this shift. And so I started producing way more content in 2018 than I ever had before dropping out super long form stuff. Like my guide on how to start a blog is 25,000 words long, I think. Um, so like really trying to like 10 X, um, what other stuff out there is doing. And, and it wasn't until the very end of 2018, um, early 2019, that that really started to pay off. I started to like tackle some top spots for like very high volume keyword phrases, like how to start a blog, business ideas, how to start freelancing. There's kind of a handful of them um, that drive the majority of my traffic today. And so yeah. that was really the big shift where, you know, now I take on the occasional freelance project for like the right person, the right company. Like it's very kind of whenever it feels perfect for me to pick do, and right? choose my friend, pick and choose. That's There's nice. nothing wrong. That's awesome. That's Oof. great. And now, you know, the majority really is, um, I'd probably say today, 75% affiliates, um, you know, 20% courses. And then the other 5% is, you know, the occasional freelance project or something. Man, living the dream, my friend. Living that's beautiful, man. Anytime you can flip that on its head, and I mean, yeah. I, you know, once again, kind of work, work is still a lot yeah. more to do, but yeah. But the thing is, is the thing is, it's only going to go up from here, right? I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing about it is you put in the time and the effort. I mean, I remember like I and I've talked about this on my podcast is you know when I first started blogging, and then when I started having people write for my blog, and we started doing this, my wife's like, "Why are you spending money? Why are you hiring writers? Like, why don't you do it all?" And I'm like, "Well." Because I want to get it up to a certain volume. Plus, I don't really like writing as much as some people. Some people love it. And for me, I'm like, yeah. I look at it and I just, I over critique stuff. So, but it, and it's funny, the investment that you put in. I mean, I started my blog, I'll have to look. I think it was 2011 as well. But I wasn't doing tons of stuff with it. But anyways, my point is, is now, and the same thing with my blog. In the last probably year, year and a half, it's really started to take off which I wish I would have done the stuff I'm doing now. You know, it's like anything else. I wish I would invest in real yep. estate 10 years ago or something, but it's, it's the same thing. It's like, now you really start to see it take off and it's really interesting on how to monetize it. Um, but it's not a, you know, the thing that people have to realize and anybody's listening to this, it's, it's not easy. It's not a quick process, right? I mean, this isn't something like you just go put up a few blog posts and you crush it. And then there we go. You monetize, right? And I mean, it, there, there's, I mean, obviously the awesome part is there's people like myself and you that are talking about successes and there's a lot, you know, there's great courses, there's all kinds of phenomenal stuff. I mean, it's a different world now. You can go and tap into this and learn how to do PPC, maybe not be amazing at it, but at least have a good general idea of how to do that. And blogs like yours where people can come in and learn how to start a business, which I think is invaluable. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've learned. I feel like I, I relearn it every year and build a deeper appreciation of it that, that creating something super meaningful, like, you know, earning 50K a month now is the end result of me investing a shitload of time oh, yeah. and resources and money. And yeah. Everything. To help like developers, designers, like it's taken five years to get here. Right. And, and it's easy to look at you know, people who are at this level today and be like, wow, that's amazing. Um, but it's so much work that really went into it. And so it's yeah. even more to keep it going once you have it really. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, and that's another thing I didn't want to talk to you about is so you, you're obviously going after certain keywords, which is awesome, but I mean, you're also going up against some, some big hitters, right? So, I mean, what is the, what kind of like link volume do you need? I mean, what is the, I mean, what's the strategy to be able to keep that positioning, right? Because I'm assuming, well, let's, let's first break this down on where are you making your money? Like what's, let's break, and you kind of broke it down a little bit, but like with affiliate stuff, so you may saying 75% from affiliate. Who's your main affiliate? Is like Bluehost? Bluehost is number one by far. Like okay. within the affiliate category, I mean, that's 80% probably. Gotcha. So that's where, that's where you've got a, a healthy amount of all of your income is coming from Bluehost. 
and the same thing like Pat Flynn, I think was real, you know, we're big in the, in the blue hosting and obviously they've done, they've got a great affiliate program. Um, and then a 25,000 word blog post. So that's, that's your main traffic driver, correct? Yeah, exactly. And is that, do you, have you revamped it over the years? Has it been, you know, originally wrote it two years ago and you revamped it two or three times? What's your, it gets updated about once a month, I would say. Um, but when I first mm. published it, it was around 5,000 words. Um, so yeah, I've added onto it a ton. Um, but what's actually insane is that the blog post is only about a year and a month or two old. Um, ah. I rocketed to the top pretty quickly. And now there's been you know, full transparency. There's been a ton of algorithm updates, um, Google algorithm updates this yeah. summer. Last few so, months, yeah. yeah. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a lot of shuffling around in the search results. Um, but I've got some pretty good ideas as to what is kind of impacting that the most. Yeah. I mean, is that the kind of thing, do you like wake up in the morning and you're like, well, I'm here, I'm sipping your cup of coffee. And you're like, well, let me see if I've been dancing a little bit with Google. Is it like one of those like, and then you look at your, your girlfriend or your wife and say, well, we're, we're, we're number two, we're still doing good. Or you're like number 18 and you're kicking the dog. Like, like what? And I don't think you kick dogs because you don't look like that type. Oh no, um, love the dog. No. Love the dog. Yes, I'm a huge dog lover too. I try not to check my rankings like yeah. multiple times a day. And I, I mean, I would say I try not to check them every day, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I can't resist the temptation that much. Um, yeah. But it's definitely one of those things where it can like, you can get yourself into a weird like psychological place when you're like, because this isn't something that you have any direct control over, right? Like yeah. I, I think I know most of the factors that impact how to get there and how to stay there. Um, but every once in a while, there's a wrench that just comes flying into the engine yeah. and it's like, all right, they've flipped a bunch of our assumptions upside down. So I don't claim to know all the secrets. Um, I just spend a ton of time trying to experiment, trying to consume like the content that people like Glenn Alsop, Viper Chill, um, likes yeah. to publish about SEO. He's amazing. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and so he's someone that I like, I, I hired for a quick little thing to like do a Review video breakdown, talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. tear down this website, tell me what sucks. Like, what do I need to change? And so seeking the advice of other people, um, knowing that I don't know everything I think is really important in, in something like this, even though I feel, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat of an expert, but there's no possible way to know everything. There's always going to be someone who's better at technical SEO or better at like link building, you know? So, so yeah, that's, that's been something that I've had to like recenter myself around. All right, I need help. <laughs> and I think that's important. I think it is to always be a little, I wouldn't say insecure, but it's, you always want to kind of keep your eyes open, right? Because the problem is, is the minute you think I've got this thing on lock, you just never know what's going to happen. Right. And I think that's what I, what I tell people is like, Hey, like, cause I, the class I teach at UCLA with students, I go, listen, you have to realize like if you're just relying, you're an influencer, this is an influencer space. If you're just doing influencer stuff on Instagram, just know they can change your algorithm. Just know they will change your algorithm and just know that you lose 30% overnight and you're going to be pissed. But the thing is, is like you have to, like if you're making great money, like you have to stack some of that away. Like it's not always going to be that way because things are going to change and that's okay. But you just have to, you have to be ready for that kind of stuff. And I think you're, you understand that because you waited eight months, right? You were making a good yeah. amount of money. Um, potentially more than what you were making in clothes, which you don't have to tell us what that was, but right. I mean, there's, but you, and then you finally said, Hey, listen, I'm at a position where I feel like I've got enough, you know, I've stacked a few chips here. I've got some good things going. I've got a good team in place, helping me produce some content. And then there we go. So I think that's, that's a good way to think about it because once again, you have to assume the money's not going to be there tomorrow, especially in the affiliate space, right? Yeah. And somebody's always going to be pulling on your coattails. One really big lesson for me with this shuffle and search rankings uh, for the how to start a blog stuff in particular has been like dependency, right? What you mentioned, platform dependency on Instagram for an influencer. For me, it was affiliate dependency, right? So I'm now diversifying a ton of my efforts into you know, beyond just web hosting, what else can I get an affiliate of? Like yeah. you know, WordPress themes, ConvertKit email marketing. I'm looking at basically every tool that I personally use and like, I'm now trying to figure out how to release content that can recommend those to people who are searching for answers on Google too. Yeah. And that's the key is to diversify it. Right. And if yeah. you can have, cause the thing is, if you have, you know, you have 10 things that are bringing in 10%, you have one of them drop or two of them drop. It's not crushing your whole, you know, your, your whole revenue stream. Right. So that's always, because that's that is a scary thing, especially if you have such a you know big thing on on Bluehost. Obviously, it's going phenomenal. I think you've you've planned it the right way. Um, but now the diversification of of you know what's in either traffic or other concepts or you know affiliate programs, I think is the way to go. So uh, kudos to you for that. Hey, so absolutely. what is 
Yeah. So what is, and then you obviously have your podcast, which I've been on. Shout out to your podcast for having me on there. Um, what, it, what was it? Why did you start the podcast? Was that something that it was because it was in that kind of like entrepreneur niche and kind of talking with people or what, or the podcast was just because you were lonely in San Francisco and you're like, I don't want to talk to more people. Like what, what was the deal? It really began as an excuse to get to interview people I wanted to talk to. Like, you know, people like you, I've had on like, you know, Neil, Heaton Shaw, James Altisher, like, very, yeah. very long list of super cool people that without a real reason, an excuse to like reach out to them and say, hey, can I ask you some questions? Um, I wouldn't have had like a, a compelling reason to do that without a show. So that was really the genesis of it. I mean, it's the podcast has barely made me any money at all. I have like the occasional random sponsor that reached out, um, like FreshBooks sponsored 10 episodes of the show right when I launched. And then since then, it's very very sporadic. So it's, it's always been kind of like a, I guess you could say networking tool for me. Yeah. And I also kind of learned that after about a year in, like it was, it was also very healthy for my blog to be, you know, definitely publishing at least one fresh new piece of content every single week, no matter what. And I think as, as doing my blog as a side hustle for as long as it was, that was extremely important because I was so inconsistent with when I would publish something long form, right? Because I was I was writing everything myself for the most part for the first few years and it just took so long to publish a 5,000 word article that having a podcast episode that was easy was nice kind of social signal um, and signal to search engines that, hey, this this site is releasing new content regularly. And so how much content are you guys producing right now? Uh, Right now I'm, so I've really scaled my freelance writer base. Um, I work with five or six writers, usually ongoing basis. I'm trying to publish three long form articles a week, stuff that's in the 5,000 word range. Um, I usually hit around two, two and a half, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So you guys, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're going hot and heavy after content, right? I mean, we figure now's the time. When we've seen some good traction, it's like, now's the time. And we have kind of diversified a little bit as well, just kind of going after some different spaces and stuff. And, um, which is interesting. That's why I enjoy talking with people like yourself. Cause it's like, you know, it's always fun to, there's just so much room out there, you know, and it's kind of nice to know things that work and you're very transparent about the things that you do and things that are working, which is, which is nice for, especially if people just want to start off and, you know, want to learn how to start a, a business or start a blog. Like, I mean, obviously yours is the, is the, the end all be all and the place to go. So congratulations on that. Yeah. So, thank you. What is like, what do you think of that? Like, the, like if I asked you like, Hey, what is the number one strategy um, that you guys use? I mean, other than, I guess, obviously long form content, is there anything else that you can say, Hey, this has been phenomenal for us. Like I'll give you an example. Like I was just at, uh, at Connex in, uh, in Toronto and Neil Patel was there. And, and one of the things that he said, which is something that we've always done, I've always been telling people is the revamping of old content, right? Like you have this old content that you have and revamping it and getting Google. I mean, I, I know for a fact, well, I can tell you from my own personal blog that we are, I think it's almost 70% of my blog posts are on page one and 30% of those have been like, because we revamped them and they were nowhere. They were on page two, three, five, 10, whatever it was, we ramped them to get them on, you know, three or four. And then we ramped them again if, if needed to get on page one. And so we've had great successes with that. And to hear Neil say that um, was like, you know, obviously I knew that. And, and I've told people that until my little inner network and all that kind of stuff. And hear Neil say that, is there anything that you say, Hey, like anything that you can tell us, right? I know you're pretty open and transparent, but like, is there anything you can say, hey, there's, this is, we've been doing this and this has been crushing it. Is there anything that you've seen some great results from? It's funny you mentioned content refreshing um, because I, I would throw that in as one of the things for sure. I just refreshed a, a post today where, you know, I updated all the screenshots to be, you know, things that are relevant to this year and like, you know, the rewording of stuff, updating published dates, like doing new images. I think, yes, that has been super important for me. Um, but I'd say my biggest thing, like what I get the most bang for my time investment from is guest posting. Um, so being super, super concerted efforts around like who I reach out to also has been very important. Not just like taking whatever offers or opportunities come into my inbox, um, kind of like pushing a lot of those offers aside and saying like, no, here's my hit list. I have an ongoing spreadsheet of, you know, sites sorted by what their domain rating is. Right. So I'm looking at like how authoritative their sites are. Um, and I collaborate with someone who helps me with writing guest posts and doing the outreach and, and kind of curating that whole process for me because it's, it's so time intensive to do it in a, in a high quality way. And I think that's, that's the best way to do it. I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that do 
um, you know, some crazy stuff as far as like link exchanges or buying link placements. And, and I think like, while some of that may work in the short term, um, I think a lot of it will get sort of sorted out. Uh, you know, if you look at this over the course of what's going to happen in the next few years, especially if you're relying on like organic traffic, um, Google is increasingly trying to better rank content that's of high quality and not, not for people that are like trying to game the system. And so I think that the supernatural way of doing it, being on podcasts, um, writing long form quality guest posts that that actually get shared and you know attract links of their own like that's that's the authentic way that i've found at least um to build up my content and and it the unfortunate part is that it takes a lot of time <laughs> yeah that's the thing is the I minutes mean, and it's you know i think as i can contest to is like but you learn so much over the last eight years of doing your blog you know in the beginning i you know now we produce content with with a purpose right with intent right like what are we looking at back in the day it was like i'm just going to write this about this because i read about it right so now it's like there's there's true intention on what we're writing the content about whether it's a keyword whether it's you know whatever that is and i think there's some interesting strategies that go into that um and i think you had you had adam huh and uh and on your on your podcast yeah so adam's a good buddy of mine. we have a side project together too oh you guys do what is it Mm -hmm. it's called money talk so we're writing a bunch of stuff. It's completely out of the blogging space. It's basically like business, finance, and credit content. That is too funny. Because so it's funny, I was going to ask you about that. I did that see too. at the bottom, I said the Money Talk, the Smart mm-hmm. uh, WP. Are those some of your other businesses? Yeah, those are both side projects right now. Awesome. So yeah. Money Talk, that's interesting. So because I, um, the, so that's in the credit space, right? You guys talk about like credit cards and mm-hmm. many credit cards and stuff like that. Yeah, that's an interesting space for sure. I just uh, have a buddy of mine that I had a, a thing called um, startupgreen.org, which is really for cannabis funding, um, but it's also in the in the financial space as well. So, you know, it's always always interesting. We've always got- I want to talk competitive. Holy crap. That's some of the most intense keyword competition ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, and every once in a while, I go to do something and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I know there's so much <laughs> lower hanging fruit instead of trying to go after the big dogs and People that have these crazy. You got to pick your battles. If you want to go after big dogs, like do, I, I take one at a time, to be honest with you. I can't handle like going after a bunch of stuff that has hundreds of thousands of volume and, and monthly search. Um, so yeah, I, I try and prioritize and do, you know, I look at this timeline too of like, all right, I'm not even going to crack the first page for most of these high competition terms until sure. three to six months. If I'm at least, if I'm yeah, that's a ton of, you know, work to get them up there. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, it's I, like I said, if if my poor team, every time I talk to them, I'm like, I've got an idea. And they're just like, oh, my God. Everybody just oh, drops no. their pin, like, not another idea. Like, you had an idea yesterday. Why do you have an idea today, too? <laughs> so how big is your team? Um, full-time, just me. I'm the only one. I have contractors, um, five to six freelance writers that are doing, you know, one to two pieces a month for me. So I kind of mm-hmm spread it out that way. Um, but I've got someone who works, I'd say 20 hours a week doing, doing my guest posting process. And, and I work pretty hands-on with them. Um, I have a podcast producer who takes all my episodes, edits, um, you know, drafts the blog posts, show notes, all that kind of stuff. So I've been able, I've been fortunate to be able to really scale a lot of my processes without, um, bringing on full-time team members, which is something that, um, I've been trying hard to avoid, um, mainly because I like to do some writing myself. I don't want to be like a full-time business manager. <laughs> yeah. Well, you that's a, I mean, that's, that's a talent right there, my friend. It's I mean, hard. that's like, yeah, because to be able to manage that and not have any full-time employees. I mean, I have like my team, which is a whole nother conversation. I have a 36 person team. They're all full-time. Whoa. Yeah. I've got a wow. beast of a team. Yeah. That's yeah. Insane. That's a, well, yeah, it is insane. I mean, I, one of my old, this is a whole nother conversation. We could spend all day together, you know, and talk about this, but there, I have another business that I had, a, I had 130 employees and, but they were all local. Yeah. So that was a, that was a whole nother. I mean, that was like, I was nothing but a fireman. I was, I, all I did was put out <laughs> flames all day long. I was like, Oh, no business 36? development. I mean, you gotta be just managing people most of the time. It's well, you know, I, I have good processes and I have a phenomenal team. Yeah. So I have a, a, a good business partner that's actually been phenomenal and being able to keep things organized. I'm more the, um, what I've realized, God, I'm trying to think of the book. There was a book talking about, there's people that are innovators and there's people that are doers kind of like, God, yeah. what was the book? Um, anyways, I am more of like a creative, like understand putting things together, doing this and have a good network and this. And then I, I'm usually, and then I can put stuff together and then I have to hand it off to somebody to be able to finalize it and take it to the final stages. 
Hey, they, part of this is knowing who you are and what your strengths are. Well, so and that, into it. that, that book was something that really helped me because it was like innovators. It was like innovators and something. And anyways, it just it kind of opened my eyes to like, I realized that I can get, I can get a thousand projects to, you know, 30%, but it's that last 70, but now I can, und- I can put a strategy together to get it to get the finish line, but like the actual in there and, and grinding it out every day. Like I start to, you know, the ADD and the ADHD kicks in and then I see shiny pennies and I'm looking over here and looking to my right. And that's what my team's just like, Oh man, this guy, we, we got to get him some more medication or something because he's just, he has, <laughs> well, it's he has proof a- that it can work if you surround yourself with the right help. And that's exactly it is that, you know, it took me, I mean, I've, I've hired probably thousands of people like seriously. And it's, <laughs> it's gotten to the point where it's like, now I have a core team. That's just like, it's like butter right now. I mean, I, you know, I probably should knock on some wood, but I just, my team right now has just been awesome. And we've been, we just started kind of monetizing the blog ourselves. You know, we're not up to your level with monetization. Um, I mean, obviously we have clients and that's where we make a, a bulk of our money, but I do like, you know, I'm really, really intrigued by the affiliate stuff. Cause I've always talked about it then a little bit here and there. Um, but I, you know, interview people like yeah. yourself and said, okay, well, this is, this is where things can get interesting. It's like, you know, I understand this space. I mean, I'm only getting, I think I'm getting about 170,000 a month, you know, not too bad. I think you're what, you're at 400, right? You're probably busting through 400, huh? Yeah. Between four and 500 usually. Yeah. That's awesome, man. God, that's awesome. Um, and then are you, and then when regards to like the traffic and stuff, so you have one blog post that is kind of like your, your kind of your end all be all right. That's been crushing it for you. I've got actually a few. I could uh, tell you exactly what they are. I think actually my number one post for forever has been on business ideas. And so it was something I published mm. in like 2014. It was one of the first articles that I really kind of like decided to build quality links for. And I just went ham building links yeah. for it for like two years basically. And so it kind of fluctuates a ton because it's competing with like entrepreneur Forbes, like all yeah. these insane sites but um it's about side business ideas so ranked number one for business ideas off and on um shuffles around a bunch but you know i've got some stuff on like making money online that's on the first page freelance jobs how to start a blog remote jobs motivational quotes um how to start how do you so i mean i understand that you bluehost right for the hosting side of things how do you monetize business ideas are you monetizing that at all yeah, a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of a hard one because it's there's not like there's not a hell of a lot of purchase intent with something like that. It's very yeah. discovery based, and yeah, so yeah. for me, like the way that I try and monetize that post, <laughs> I haven't quite figured it out. But I route people over to other content on my blog. So like <laughs> right. number one is on starting a blog because it's such a like lightweight way to start your own side transition. Yeah. So it brings a lot of people over to my start a blog thing. And, you know, there's a few other ones in there that, that link off to better monetized content. And then there's some educational resources too. So like Creative Live, Skillshare, Udemy all have affiliate programs. So um, for the things that I don't have like an ultimate resource on, then I'll link off to someone else's educational resource. And then what about your course? You've got a course as well. What's your course? Mm-hmm. Built to blog. It's kind of my premium blogging course. I have a free one. And then this one's kind of like the, all right, once you've got the basics down, let's actually grow your site. Awesome. And then what, what do you charge for your course? Today, 297. And that's going to change. I'm going to probably between double and triple the price. I haven't fully decided yet, but I'm, I'm in the process of basically redoing all the content. I'm going to kind of blow up the current version. Um, keep the stuff that that I know is good, just refilm it, restructure everything. Um, but basically from the ground up, do a 2.0 version of the course. And then for your course, what do you use for your platform? Like Kajabi or do you have? Today I use Teachable. Um, I think I'm going to switch over to Podia um, mm. only because I've, I've built stronger connections with the people on that team and they've been kind of like poking me, hey, 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 come over here. We'll give you, you know, a sweet deal. We'll help you migrate. We'll, we'll make it kind of like worth your while to to be a, in a partnership with them more so. Awesome. God, that's exciting, man. Yeah, I know I've got a, um, I got a course that I'm almost, almost done with. It's going to be how to be an influencer.com is the website. Yeah. So it's going to be an influencer course, but that's the website, get... how to be an influencer.com. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Oh, I got it awesome years bro. ago. I got it years ago. And I was like, I've got to do something with this. Wow. I bought a lot of influencer domain names early on when I knew that it was going to be some uh, place that I was going to spend yeah. some time. And so that was, and I've actually had some offers on that domain name for a few thousand bucks, but I've always thought, oh, I'm going to, I want to build a course out. It's the course is going to be less about like, 
you know, how to get pink poodles and eat caviar on a jet, right? Like that's <laughs> right. But it's, it's going to yeah. be more about like personal branding. Yeah. Like how to like, you know, like if you're going to go and you're going to go pitch Nike, like, you know, hot girl 69 at Gmail might not, well, it might get their attention. I don't know. I'm, but the, yeah, not getting the right attention. Right. So yeah. the idea is, is like, how do you build a personal brand? So somebody can go look you up. And then really the class I teach at UCLA is like how to, how to be able to pitch brands, right? And be able to go to them and say, let me tell you why you need to work with me. Because most brands don't know how to work with influencers. So the yeah. idea of the course is to be able to build that up and say, hey, like, let's build your personal brand, kind of like you're talking about. Build your blog yeah. and now we can talk about how we're going to scale this thing and be able to start making some money. Same thing with this, build the foundation of an influencer, at least, you know, your personal brand and then be able to scale it up through YouTube or Instagram or whatever. But, you know, drive traffic to your website. No different than what you guys are talking about, right? They'll be able yeah. to, to get there and get it going. Just different so, vehicles for driving that and monetizing. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So what else so you've got? Okay, so you've got the, um, obviously you have your course. You're doing a little bit of consulting, but not a lot. You can pick and choose because that's a, a blessing from the man above. Um, and then you've got Bluehost. What's your second biggest affiliate? I think today, second biggest is DreamHost, <laughs> another hosting company. So I, I've got a lot of like hosting related affiliates that do well for me. ConvertKit is usually up there because um, mm -hmm. I, I, I just recently published a kind of a comparison post, like a ConvertKit versus AWeber thing um, that's starting to, to rank for some stuff already pretty well. Um, but then also Creative Live actually has continued to be a really good affiliate of mine because they have a they have a great program for, for courses. They have such a huge catalog as well. So yeah, a lot of hosting resources, educational stuff, um, marketing tools. Um, I'm still focusing on what those programs should be moving forward and how to better scale them. Yeah. Yeah. We started to do some comparison ones as well. And we're kind of working on some, uh, I think we just did one for uh, BuzzSumo and some other ones. Ooh. I don't know. You know, it's like anything else, man. You know how it is. It's like, this is what I love. It's what I love about you is that you and I, in, if you, if anybody was to look at us, we could be competitors, but I love like, I love networking with people and I love like sharing yeah. everything. Like I'm just such like a, I don't know. Like I, I always, it's like when I talk to people, they're like, well, you, I'm talking to that guy. Like he's a competitor. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, like we're all going after money. Like to me, it's like, you know, as, as long as you don't tell me a secret and then I go and try to do it. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I always look at it like I'm more yeah. of like kind of like you and you and Adam obviously started something like Adam's an awesome dude of just kind of like this networking of people of like, Hey, what's working, what's not working. And I just think there's so much more power in that and power in numbers and, and understanding is we're really yeah. up against, you know, Google and these, other, you know, not up against, but I mean, we are right. We want to be able to rank and be able to have a good network of a little mastermind group of, you know, seeing what works and seeing what's not working and, you know, it's constantly changing. So I enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoy that. So it's, it's I agree awesome. With you. I think there's the, even with people that are, you know, air quotes competitors, I think like, yeah, like, yeah, like we have, you know, a couple of keyword phrases that we might compete with each other on, but we've also, we're both doing completely different stuff for, you know, percent yeah. of what we do. Right. So yeah, always ways to collaborate with people that, that have like a strong, you know, network or following, like, you know, look for like win-win ways is what I try and do. And for, you know, Adam particularly, like we have some keyword phrases on our blogs that we both compete, you know, head to head on, but we were like, you know what, we work so well together. Let's start a new site where we're not yeah. competing on these topics. And that's kind of a one win-win way that we figured out how to work together. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, we're going to, when, when Adam's done frolicking in Spain or wherever he's at right now, little bastard. France. <laughs> France, I know. Well, he, mu he must have just moved borders since we talked because every time I look at my thing, I'm like, where are you at now, man? But um, we'll have to, we'll have him out here in, in, in Sacramento. We'll come out and visit you in San Francisco and go out and have some fun. Hell yeah. Um, well, awesome, man. This was awesome. Once again, I knew this was going to be a, a good podcast and that's too funny about my brother, dude. That's just I such a small that. world. Isn't that funny? Isn't Noah just a little angel though? Oh my God, that little baby. <laughs> I've oh, only gotten oh. to see him from afar. Oh God, go yeah. see that little boy. He's just an, I mean, an absolute, my mom, my mom goes down there once a week to, to go babysit and hang out with him. I'm oh, so jealous. Awesome. In fact, I'm going to add that to my calendar because just the cutest little baby, little eyes. Oh God, I'm going to lose. I'm sorry. today, your mom? No, she was there yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I, saw yeah, him, I kid you not, like a few hours ago, I saw them walking across the crosswalk. <laughs> it's such a small world. Well, I know where you live now, so that's super awkward. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to you and I'll get your number and I'm going to I'm gonna come out and visit the next few weeks. Actually, I'm supposed to go next week. Whole nother conversation off the podcast, but um, oh, nice. I'll, figure, I'll figure it out and we'll come out and, and hang out for a little bit. I'll take you to lunch or something. Hey, let's do it, man. That sounds All right, awesome. buddy. All right, man. We have an awesome rest of your Friday. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We'll talk in here soon. Oh, yeah, actually, one other that. thing. 
One other thing, if anybody needs to get in contact with you, how would they go about getting in contact with you? Ooh, I'm super accessible. Uh, Email is always easy. Just Ryan at ryrob.com and all my content lives there too. There we go. That's it, you guys. Thank you so much for being a guest, buddy. We'll be talking with you here soon. Hey, thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks, man. Bye-bye.